0: Welcome to the Active Campaign Podcast, where it's all about marketing automation for your small business so you can get more done with less time. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies in our ever growing education center at activecampaign.com slash learn. And now our host, the director of education at Active Campaign, Chris Davis. Welcome to the Active Campaign Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Davis on this episode i have jamie slutsky who is the host of the tech of business podcast jamie specializes in making online technology do its job so that her clients can spend more time in their zone of genius and trust that the tech is going to support their business dreams and for some of you listening that is your dream and the only thing getting in the way of you achieving your dream is tech. So I'm glad to be able to sit with Jamie. We do talk about some nuts and bolts, but overall, she just talks about virtual summits and how she's using them to drive course enrollments. So if you ever thought about running a virtual summit or don't know what a virtual summit is, this is definitely the podcast for you to listen to. So enjoy Jamie. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I am so excited to be here.
0: Yes, it's an ex- exciting, exciting. I can get my words out today, Jamie. It's exciting to have you on because I had the pleasure of meeting you in person in Seattle and, well, Bellevue uh, in, in Washington. And, and there was something about, you know what? It was something about the rain that many people believe. I won't share it on the podcast, but <laughs> I will say this. It was a good time from the weather to the people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's that little known secret that, yes, we have a lot of rainy days, but it doesn't rain all day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And in the sun, it poked out. It was like perfect. It was like, hey, while you're here, I'm the sun. I do shine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that was really cool. And I I love it. Of course, at the study hall, you were very engaged and you had a lot of expertise to to share with the group. So I was like, oh, I have to have her on the podcast. Our entire audience needs to hear this. So before we jump into the actual topic matter, take some time and give our listeners a little bit of information about your background in your business.
1: OK, well, thank you so much. My business is called The Tech of Business, and what I do is I help online entrepreneurs deliver their promises. So from the time that someone enters their name and email address and payment, if that's what you're promises, um, enters that information into a page on a website through the final delivery of that promise. I am there every step of the way, which means I am very much involved in emails and email marketing and getting your emails out right and making sure that your thank you pages look right Mm -hmm. and your course access and your summit access and your webinar access and whatever type of promise people make online that's where i like to hang out to help them fulfill that so that it just makes it easier like i love tech i love tech to the nth degree i got my degree in computer science in the 90s Mm. so you know that means that i've been in this industry for 20 years now and i'm not ready to turn away from it anytime soon there's so much that technology and specifically online technology can actually do to help everybody in their businesses
0: yeah. So, so you mentioned you, you got into the tech early. Were you always an entrepreneur? Or did you have a, a, a corporate beginnings like like many, many folks have?
1: I had a corporate beginnings okay. and my, my itch to come home revolved around my two children. Mm. I left my corporate job when my little one was two. It was one week after her second birthday that I packed my desk up for the final time. And it's so nice because my kids just know that I'm always home. Yeah, I'm working and yeah. that I'm, you know, on the computer and stuff, but I'm here for them. I'm able to volunteer on field trips and do all those things, be the mom show that I wanted to be while still making an impact and I love the freedom and flexibility to carve out exactly what I want to do with my life as a as an entrepreneur
0: yeah and and I would have to imagine having such a a small child at the time making that leap had to be nerve-wracking terrifying exciting uh, full of anxiety, like so many emotions in one. How, how did you get to the place mentally where you are like, okay, I see this stable income and I know what it's doing for me and my children right now, but it's time.
1: You know, I think that a lot of it was the fact that I was raised by a stay at home mom and mm. I, had such fond memories of my childhood. I wanted to give my kids as much of that as possible. And I knew that my skills were transferable. So I had the confidence to know that I could do this thing on my own. I didn't need the corporate umbrella to do it. You know, I mean, it's been lean times. It's been, you know, plenty, you know, uh, you know plenty times as well. Like I've had, you know, all all the ebbs and flows that any entrepreneur has. And it's interesting because when I started my business, I started just doing WordPress freelancing Mm. because I knew I could jump in there and I knew there was a need there. And it took me time to figure out exactly what my unique position online is.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because in that, I see. I can see the journey similar to every entrepreneur is that you start. It start. You start where you your skill set and the market value match, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and as you educate yourself both on what that looks like going forward, as well as getting more familiar with the space, it starts to become apparent. Oh, this is what makes me different. This this is what I enjoy delivering that the market is not getting but it takes time. And a lot of times people want to jump out and do what they thought they would do. And when, when the business or the, the market demands a shift, they're unwilling Mm -hmm. to do it because they're like, no, 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 this is what I'm supposed to do this right here.
1: Right? Yes. And I mean, I have such a technical background. I love to make things work. I love Mm -hmm. to make things work together, which is how I came to active campaign to begin with was because like, I needed to make something else work with active campaign. So I dug in, I got that working, and I added active campaign to my skill set instead of saying to my client, No, I'm sorry, I don't work in active campaign. And, you know, like I didn't close the box.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And you allow you really allowed your your clients to help inform you too, right? Mm-hmm. What tools yes. and, and which way you should be going. Uh, which leads us to where you're currently operating now is running virtual summits. Take a little bit of time because that term may be new to people. I'm like, whoa, what's a virtual summit? Take some time and just kind of describe what, what, are, what capacity. Uh, first off, what is a virtual summit and in, in, in what capacity are you marketing them?
1: Yeah. So a virtual summit is a multi-day usually sometimes you have them as a single day but usually they're three to five day events which have pre-recorded interviews with somewhere from anywhere from like three to eight sessions a day with Mm. experts in a specific topic so if active campaign was doing a virtual summit they a lot of the types of people that they're bringing on to the podcast, they would have brought on to the summit. And so it would be a consolidated down to somewhere between three and eight interviews a day mm-hmm. that are video interviews that are delivered online and they're delivered over three to five days. So you're getting a whole lot of content and most people who attend virtual summits are coming to get inspired to grow their business, to solve a problem, just the same as anybody's doing anywhere online. When you go and you subscribe to something, It's so that you can be educated in some capacity or entertained in some capacity. And that's what a virtual summit does. What I love so much about virtual summits is that they are a great lead generation because you're giving so much value at the front end of that relationship. You know, when you give a PDF download as your lead magnet, as your opt-in, It's effective because it solves the immediate problem, but it's a slower process from that lead magnet to someone saying, yes, I want to hand over my life savings, for example. Mm -hmm. But with a virtual summit, they are seeing you time and time and time again over a very short amount of time so that the no like and trust factor is accelerated greatly. So it's um, I've described virtual summits as... Um, masterclass after masterclass after masterclass. (laughs) And I've also described them as a podcast on steroids where you get video (laughs) as well.
0: (laughs) No, that makes sense. And and, and I'd imagine even for the host, um, the person putting on the summit, there's a lot of rapport that they can build with their audience. By putting the best of the best in front of their audience to train them as well as just expose them to other people in the industry that can do things that maybe they need help in 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 a specific area in their business.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've worked on summits that are business to business. I've worked on summits that are business to consumer. And I've also worked on summits that are solely for entertainment purposes, which is, you know, it it really makes sense. You want to make sure that you know why you're putting on a virtual summit. You don't want to just say, oh, I'm putting this on for my business and then have it have no business value. Mm -hmm. It's not going to do anything. And so it's important to to know why you're putting on a summit, just the same as it is why you're throwing that webinar or why you're doing any other online activity. The why is, is almost as important as what the actual event is.
0: Yeah. The, the, the why informs the what, right. And, and gives meaning and purpose to the how. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And without it, you start doing the how and what, and you don't, and you're hoping you're kind of like crossing your fingers that you end up at, the destination that you you desired or have thought about um, in the beginning. So with virtual summits, what what I want to do is because you're using them in a very uh, I think that it's I'll say it's unique just because I don't know if people have pieced it together. Um, but I like how you're using virtual summits to lead to online courses. Um, but t- tell me a little bit about these virtual summits in in terms of what you've seen in trends of marketing them. Have you seen them be marketed effectively with a similar approach that you would use to like a live event or, you know, like a one day or three day event? Or is, is there a difference in, in, in the uh, approach to it?
1: I would say that the marketing of a virtual summit is more akin to a webinar or a masterclass so like okay. something else that is online because um the marketing duration of online activities is far different than the marketing activities and market, marketing duration of in-person activities. I mean other than if you have if you already have an audience that knows you loves you and is going to be able to be where you are then like in an in-person environment, kind of like the study hall, you guys didn't need to market that three months in advance because you right. were coming to us yeah. and you knew us well enough to know that you were going to be able to get enough people from the greater Seattle area to that physical location. Yeah. Whereas if it's a main, a major conference or a niche conference, even marketing requires more effort because you have to, get draw people not just to your event, but also to the airfare and the hotel and all of the other bits and pieces of right. an online event, which is why I say that a summit is much more marketing um, in the same vein as as webinars and masterclasses. Sure.
0: Yeah, because it, it opens up the audience, right? I'm I'm not restricted to the geographical location or their transportation to that location. I right. just need to be targeted with, okay, who is this for? So I know how to go out and reach the people who this is going to be important to.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Got
0: exactly. it. Got it. So you have the virtual summits. If, if you could share because, uh, Jamie, I know you've seen so much. Anybody who's integrated with tech like you are and successful, that means you're getting referrals you know, one person says, hey, look, <laughs> just work with with my my lady. She'll she'll take care of everything. So you're behind the scenes in a lot of these these businesses that are leveraging virtual summits. If if you could summarize a few things that make them successful, what what would you say? Charisma of the mm. host,
1: <laughs> wow. you know, no one no one wants to come to something where the host isn't um excited about the about the topic. So, you know, I mean there are so, there's lots of money to be made in a lot of verticals, a lot of industries. But if you are a host and you're not excited about those, it's shot. That's one mm. thing. Another thing that I find is really interesting with virtual summits is the cadence and the pace and the professionalism of the website and the videos and and just all of the pieces that like when you're doing a live webinar, it's gonna happen that there's gonna be, maybe sound's not gonna work, maybe the chat's not sure. gonna work. And those are things outside of your control. But with a virtual summit, because it's produced video, and it's a it's a choreographed message that you're putting together, there's a higher level of professionalism that comes across mm-hmm. on those screens that I think when that professionalism goes from the very first page of the su- of the summit site all the way through every single interview all the way through every single page that just augments the trust that an attendee is going to have in the host in the brand in the product and in whatever they're offering next like a course.
0: Yeah, that that's a good point. That's a good point because I I think I've even uh, cuz I've been a, a guest on of a virtual summit before and Jamie uh, one of them What 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 the host ended up doing is and this is to your point of production, right? You're able to polish up the video and, you know, really make it present it in in a way that live doesn't lend itself to sometimes. But he what the host did is he let me know when I would be going live and Mm -hmm. ask or when they would be watching the video and gave me the opportunity to engage in the chat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So and what I really liked about it was. Of course, it's practically impossible if I'm giving a live presentation and you're asking questions for me to, you know, really engage in the chat. Yeah. I would have uh-huh. to stop, break my flow and answer your questions um, or you'd have to wait to the end, which sometimes people drop off. But being able to engage with them as they're watching, it was kind of kind of different, right? You're watching me and I'm typing to you with your questions about me. But it was very effective in terms of getting the engagement and keeping the engagement.
1: Yes, that is brilliant. That is brilliant. And I know a lot of the summits that I work on, we will release those three to eight episodes at six o'clock in the morning. And so they're available all day on whatever day it is. So it's not quite as easy to say, okay, this is going live at 10 a.m. Pacific and for you to be able to jump on and be active in that time slot. So there are a lot of different ways of putting on summits and getting uh, the Content out there in a certain flow, and sometimes it makes sense to drip them throughout the day, and other times it really makes sense to drop them every morning or things like that.
0: Yep, yep. So, so we've we have the summit, we've run it successfully. the The host has charisma. <laughs> 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 he understands his why. He's got Jamie in the background making sure all of the tech is in place. The destination becomes the online course. T- tell me about that connection. With is is the online course a library of the the recorded the the recorded content is the course something similar to what was covered in the virtual summit what what does that that process look like from virtual summit to online course
1: well all of the above okay. um so okay. <laughs> you could sell the just straight up Uh, longer term access to the summit content, bundle it in a course and make that available for sale as the only product coming out of a summit. Mm. And, Then, you know, you have people being able to consume that content. Oftentimes, if that's the case, we'll strip the video, um, the audio, audio out of the video so that people could take the MP3s and take them with them so that they can consume the content on the go, which is not available in the live summit. It's only available in the paid version. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we'll have sponsors or speakers provide bonuses that, um, to people who purchase. So that's one type of course is just the summit content and, um, having it augmented. What I find really effective is if you're using your summit as a lead generation vehicle and your topic is a micro topic of your Business. Mm. So whatever you might like, I mean, let's just say this was me, and I was running a summit, and I decided to run a summit on um, I, I don't know what uh, on <laughs> on software tools that I love to use, and okay. I bring on all sorts of experts about these software tools. Sure. Then I may lead people to a course that is specifically how do you implement. Active campaign uh, that I've created this course. How do you implement active campaign into your coaching business? Got it. How do you use the library of opportunities and all these things in this tool that I exposed you to during the virtual summit specifically in your? Business because I mean, there are lots of amazing resources at Active Campaign, but sometimes it's really hard for people who are not as technical as me to be able to understand what's for me, what's not for me, what's over my head. Can I have someone hold my hand? And I know Active Campaign has a lot of those types of support, but there's also place and room for someone like me or someone else out there to create their own micro course that will benefit their specific audience it's, you know and I also think that courses are a great complement to one-on-one and group services mm. so using your your funnel becomes your virtual summit to your courses that are DIY, to your one on one or group services, that is a, that's a logical funnel because people they consume your content, say, oh, I can do it myself. They buy your course and yeah. then they say, I need a little bit more handholding.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what I like about that is that especially for people just getting started, you don't have to have that that uh, brand awareness and recognition to run a summit right you just right. need to have connections I mean, and and if you're in business and you struggle with connections i mean you're it's going to be a long <laughs> like, it's going to be a long hard process of of being an entrepreneur if you struggle <laughs> connecting with people, seriously, because that is businesses is making those connections. But, you you know, just getting started out, a lot of people ask, how do I start building a list? How do I start building a following? And as you're talking, Jamie, and I'll be honest, I didn't think of virtual summits in this capacity before we got on the call. But as you're talking, I'm like, this would be a great lead generation tool, even for someone getting started who can gather three or four experts have them speak intelligently on the topic and and you know you could either put your expertise on the end and 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 offer that as a product or just the bundle itself but it helps you to just start building that audience that you can start nurturing
1: absolutely and another thing about hosting a virtual summit is that As the host, you're putting yourself in a position of authority Mm. that when it comes to reaching out to someone like Chris to say, hey, I want you on my virtual summit, that someone's going to have a far easier time saying yes if you've got your summit plan in place and you say, I am using this for all of these reasons and it's really clear to that guest yeah. to that expert that you're bringing on that they are going to be lending value to your event but they're also going to be putting a notch on their own belt at the same time yep
0: yeah, absolutely i i love that idea and and since since you are technical i feel like this this is not too too much to ask i'm just curious these these summits take place and then you're driving them to a course or you're driving them to some destination in active campaign. How are you tracking who showed up <laughs> <laughs> and then who enrolls in the course?
1: Oh, you know, that is such a good question because I use tags and I use um, site tracking and I use automations and all, you know, you name it. I've probably played with it. I use goals. I mean, I use all of it. But to boil it down, when someone gets on your list, on your active campaign list Mm -hmm. and clicks a button that goes back over to your website, to the summit website, to, Download an action guide or to do something you send them to a page where they can do that And that page is then tracked back Mm. over in active campaign So I actually usually have an automation if we're sending an action guide, which you know, we sometimes we do sometimes we don't but if they've downloaded the action guide they go one way on um, on a path if they haven't accessed the access guide I'm gonna send them a couple of reminders to access it because Nobody wants – let me put it this way. Nobody likes to be told that – to do something that they've already done. People like to be reminded to to do things that they meant to do. So downloading that action guide and telling them again and again to download it, they're not going to feel like you're being sleazy or scammy or anything like that. But as soon as someone has gone to the page where they've downloaded the action guide – and you keep telling them to download it, that's where things turn sour. So you have to be careful as to using the information that you've you've got in the system. Okay, they've tagged. I've tagged them. They've got the action guide. Never tell them to download the action guide. But you can tell them, turn to page 43 of the action guide.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, yes.
1: So, I I mean, I do a lot with with making sure that I know who's going where and what they're doing. Um, If, you know, we have had on summits before, if people go to the sales page, but then they don't purchase – it's just like an abandoned cart. I yeah. mean, we've got that information in Active Campaign. So our abandoned cart sequences sometimes they're short because we're in in the midst of the summit. Sometimes they're more long drawn out, depending on when we are in the summit itself. So I mean, Active Campaign is a tool that I actually have. Um, will tell clients. No, we're not going to use the email marketing that you're using right now. Let me bring you over to Active campaign so that we can do all these other things yeah. as well.
0: Yeah. So you can have more insight on their behaviors, right? Yes. Um, and and for, for those of you listening, uh, I, I want to highlight a few things that Jamie said and just know that when you, when you're starting to build out this journey, some of this stuff may be manual, right? Like some, you may be tracking some of this stuff manually. That's Okay. Just as you're doing it, just slowly start moving it over into active campaign, And before you know it, you have a full system in place that that is informed on what to look out for. Right. Mm Because because that's Jim. I mean, you're you've been doing it for so long. So you already know how to inform the system. (laughs) You already know. Hey, this (laughs) is a bandit card. Hey, they downloaded. Hey, they visited this page. It's just natural to you. But for someone listening, I just want you all to know these are what we call intentions actions that show intent and you have to define those because that's what instructs active campaign that's how you get the most out of it when you understand what those actions of intent are
1: yes and one of my favorite um, automations that i will put into uh, active campaign is learning what people are doing and so i yes. pretty much i i put something in there so that I get um, a a notification. I get an email sent to me when certain actions are taken because I want to know, okay, is this action taken often? And is it something that we want to capitalize on? So like if I get 40 emails in an hour that, you know, that 40 people took this action. Yeah, of course, I'm going to invest some time into making sure that that, um, that I have something a little bit more fleshed out for it. Um, and that could just be, Again, like if someone had visited a certain page of the website or if someone visited the, you know, the sales page, those are things. And I'm just getting a notification. I'm not they don't even know that I'm getting a notification. So I love that as the trigger to. um to figuring out where I can put automation in and where I can have active campaign pull more, more weight in the whole process.
0: Yeah. You, you know what I liken it to sometimes Jamie is the, the, it's the convenience of it, right? It's different me going into my car and then seeing like the check engine light on, right? That's Mm -hmm. one thing. That's an indicator that lets me know I need to take action, but it's different if I can get that notification before I even jump in the car. (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> if my phone can say hey chris uh check your engine or check your oil or, or whatever that is and that's what most platforms you have to go into them to get those indicators what just happened but like you said using notifications i don't have to be an active campaign i can be anywhere and just have my phone and get a reminder because i've set up the automation that says hey this just happened hey jamie just wanted to let you know don't know where you're at but this just happened within active campaign do what you will.
1: Right, right. And I think that that uh that's one of the my my favorite little toys <laughs> inside Active Campaign. It certainly is. I also um have a little hack when it comes to the automations mm-hmm. that I use an extensive amount of labels on my automations. Mm. Um because I want to make sure that my screen when I go to it doesn't have 50,000 pages of automations, and that I can easily drill down to what I'm looking for. I use this on pretty much every tool that I can. Yeah. I try and find ways to minimize what's on the screen to uh, in order to avoid overwhelm. So yeah. every time I put in those notification automations, I give them the label of notification automations so that um, it's easy for me to see only my notification automations and turn off ones that I don't want to use.
0: I love it. You heard me say it at the study hall and it's worth repeating here. Organizing your app is just as important as execution. And for some people, it's even more important (laughs) because if you've got (laughs) a lot of people in there and how you label your naming convention, how you how you uh, group all of your information is going to either make or break, make or break the execution. So it's a step that I find. People, the execution is the sexy part, right? You know what the execution is, Jamie? The execution is like the six pack, you know? And everybody's (laughs) like, yeah, that's what I want. But the organization is the actual eating Right. <laughs> the actual working out, like the preparation for that. You can't get that, you know, without the organization. And if you do get it, you probably did surgery and it'll leave you soon. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> <You, laughs> just
1: talking about that, because, you know, I've got a weight rack behind me <laughs> and that I've got a workout coming up real soon.
0: <laughs> I think that triggered it. I think that did trigger it. <laughs> but in in, in closing, when you're uh when you're integrate so you've got all of the actions you're, you're tracking them you're getting your notifications you're tagging them you're you're seeing everything that they've done so that you can be placed in a position to really optimize and maximize the the virtual mm-hmm, summit mm-hmm. now you're getting them into the course is this something are you working with and I know you're working with various course platforms so I know there's not just one but do you see a trend with platforms that integrate directly with active campaign or are you going through like zapier or whatnot to integrate it
1: Um, Well, the two platforms that I use most often have direct integrations. So that makes things nice. um, One of them that I use extensively didn't have active campaign direct integrations initially. And I actually think I still have a zap out there from for like a few clients because we've never migrated. Once it was working, we didn't go back to it. But I know that those clients, you know, I'm not working with them anymore. But if I ever felt the need to, you know, to say, hey, we can do more with your active campaign integrations if we do it this way, I'm sure they would say, yes, Jamie, come in, fix this up, get it working smoother. Um, so yeah, I like, I like it when there's direct integrations. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I've, I use shopping cart um, systems that have direct integrations. I use course platforms that have direct integrations. I, so, I, And then I also use Zapier extensively because mm-hmm. I work with lots of different people who have lots of different environments. Yeah. And it's a matter of taking whatever wherever your integrations are and however they're set up whether they're direct or they're or they're through zapier or they're manual because Mm -hmm. manual is still valid manual is still valid Good
0: point good point
1: keep a notebook keep some piece of documentation that says how how are these pieces talking to each other and i As much as I love using online tools all the time, I still use paper extensively to keep those logs so that when... I get a call, call from a client saying, hey, what's going on with this? I can turn to their integrations or, you know, so this, well, this is connected to Active Campaign in this way. Yep. This is connected to Active Campaign in this way. This is where we're, we're brokering things with Zapier. And so that it's a nice, complete picture because your online tools don't always have the ability to show you that nice, complete picture.
0: Right, right. No, that, I mean, you bring up the second piece to 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 what I often call automation insurance. That's documentation. And Mm -hmm. and the best thing about insurance and automation is it's free. It just costs you time, but it's free. It costs you nothing to write that down in a notebook. You know, you have to be disciplined. But having that documentation, having your app organized, these are the keys. These these are the keys to being able to execute quickly and get results. So um, thank Mm -hmm. you for highlighting that, Jamie. If, (laughs) If our listeners want to get in contact with you and learn more about you, reach out to you, where should they go?
1: Oh, to they just need to go to techofbusiness dot com and kept that nice and easy because well Jamie is spelled wrong all the time. <laughs> so I just left it easy as techofbusiness dot com and I'm on tech I'm tech of business on social media.
0: Great, great. Well that'll be in the show notes, Jamie. Thank you so much. It was great seeing you again. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, and I'll see you online, Jamie. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Active Campaign Podcast. I'm glad I had Jamie on to talk about virtual summits because a lot of times I feel like, uh, well, first off, they they do take a lot of effort, but they're also often overlooked as an effective means of lead generation. So if it's something that fits your business model or you think that, you know, you're a natural connector, (laughs) right? You like networking. Virtual summits could very much be the missing link. The, the key to your business and in, in taking it to the next level so uh, definitely give it a shot give it a try and integrate integrate with active campaign make sure that you're paying attention to those actions that show intent. So that you can receive the notifications or stay in the know with what's happening in the summit so that you can effectively get them into the course or whatever the destination is for you. If this is your first time listening to the Active Campaign podcast, I'd like to extend a personal invitation for you to join a family of listeners, small business owners that are dedicated to growing their business intelligently and responsibly with technology. We're an iTunes, Stitcher, Play, Google Radio (laughs) or Google Play, Stitcher Radio radio soundcloud wherever you can wherever you can subscribe to a podcast we're there all right just type in the active campaign podcast hit subscribe and when you do leave us a five-star rating and review it helps us get the word out if you are looking to leverage active campaign in any capacity and you're having struggles either doing it or just conceptualizing what can be done don't stay stuck we have a variety of resources available for you at activecampaign.com forward slash learn you'll find our education center with all of our guided content from courses to podcasts to guides to webinars anything that you need to consume and learn in the way that you prefer if you'd like to jump on a call activecampaign.com forward slash training you can sign up for a one-on-one 30-minute call and talk to somebody from our success team about your specific needs in your business right now last but not least activecampaign.com forward slash events is where you can find all of the events that we're running across the globe okay domestic and international we are there and would love for you to come out and meet us so if we're in your city or a city near you please make sure you go to that website activecampaign.com forward slash events and register If you use the coupon code podcast for any of our study hall events, you'll get an additional percentage off. This is the Active Campaign Podcast, the small business podcast to help you scale and propel your business with automation. I'll see you on the next episode.